HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Essex Market. Essex Market is New York City's most historic public market, proudly located on Manhattan's Lower East Side. Find the freshest produce, meat, fish, and specialty foods from over 30 unique vendors. Learn more about the market's family of small neighborhood businesses at EssexMarket.nyc. Hello and welcome to Snacky Tunes. I am one half your host, Darren Bresnitz. I know that we are on the eve of Thanksgiving, and it is a complicated time for a lot of people. It is tough to both feel thankful and not nervous about the current situation. I will say I am thankful for Joe Biden winning. I am nervous about the rising cases. So as always, we ask everyone to be safe, check in with yourself, check in with others, check in with loved ones. And uh, if you can, spend a safe Thanksgiving. Please do. We are sending our loves and thoughts to everyone out there on the front lines. We have a very, very, very special episode sitting down with one of our favorite people, Tommy B, to talk about his pizza pop-up, La Sorted. If you live in the LA area and you haven't been to La Sorted, you are truly missing out. He launched it during the pandemic, and we talk about how he got into food, what happened to his photography business, and how... Pizza and flatbreads brings him closer to friends and family and how it helped him to slow down and think about life. It's a great interview, one of our dearest friends, and we're so happy to share it with you during our Thanksgiving week. Uh, then we dig deep into the archives, a special L.A. performance from Honus Honus. It's a really fun L.A. episode. And if you're looking for a little Thanksgiving inspiration, dig even deeper into the archives for when we sat down with our mom, I believe it was episode 209. Don't quote me on that. Back in 2014, she talks to us about her process. And uh, I'll tell you right now, I'll be re-listening to that episode because I am attempting Thanksgiving for the first time because we won't be home. Mom, we love you. We miss you. And we will all be together next year. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy Snacky Tunes here on HRN. We talk about food, we talk about music, with musical dudes, finger on the pulse, Snacky Tunes. Shit, guys. 
Welcome to Snacky Tunes. Thank you so much for sitting down with us. Thanks for having me, buddy. Yeah, this is great. Um, you know, obviously this is a really hard time in the independent uh, restaurant scene. Um, we recorded this a couple weeks before it aired, but yesterday LA announced 10 p.m. curfew, 50% outdoor dining, and um, it's awful, especially from the people from the business, but also for some of us who really love going out to eat. And I know one of the first things that we connected over and one of the things that a lot of people know about you is your love for going out to eat. What do you miss the most right now about dining out to eat and what meals have come to mind recently? Oof, great question. I, I, I mean, A number one is definitely going to be martinis. With, mm. <laughs> yeah, dirty martinis with friends, specifically Taylor's. You know, uh, the last time we went into the lockdown, we... They did the same kind of thing where they, it was like a Wednesday. Yeah. And they said, we're going to go back into lockdown on a Friday. And I had like just signed the lease on my new house. And we, we just decided like, you know what? It's our last night. I called Taylor's Steakhouse. Yeah. And I 
I'm like, can I please get a table with Dory? You know, who has been legendary, legendary. She's been our waitress forever, forever. And uh, and it was such a. I mean, what was that? That was June, July. I yeah. Think. And uh, well, I went in there, and it was it was actually one of the first times of this moment, though, that I had. I kind of felt like, do I need to be doing this? Because mm. Dory's wearing a full face mask, and you know, I'm used to walking in there. We give each other a hug. It's hugs. It's so close. It's like you walk into the bar. It's all elbows. It's yeah. all people. I mean, that that's that's what I miss. I miss the the Tommy. What's up? You yeah. Know, let's get you to Dory. Let's get you to your table. You know, th- those things. Just, I mean, the warmth of that place alone. Uh, that that's, I think, what I miss the most. Yeah, I think that human connection, that idea of third place, which you know people talk about as the one or two spots outside of your home or work oh, yeah. that feel like home and restaurants have really felt that way, especially when you're a regular. Yeah. Um, you know, you, uh, a lot of people who know you have known you from your photography business and that has taken you all over the country, all over the world. You and I have had some nights together, uh, on the road. Um, but you know, when people travel, sometimes I hear from them, I was so exhausted. I just, I just did room service or I, I couldn't go out. Um, what is it important to you? How do you really get to understand a city? Um, especially when you're working such long hours, why is it important to go to eat to these restaurants and do the research and spend that time? Uh, you know, uh, I mean, luckily I have you, I will say. <laughs> I, I'm no stranger to asking you for a list, but I, I, have, I definitely, I have my spots and I, it's those walks, you know, um, just getting out of your hotel. Because when you are traveling, you know, you're you're either in this cube, you're in that cube, you're at an event. For me, it was being at events, which I get to see people, but it is just, especially being by yourself, being able to go and sit, not even sit down at a table, but just sit down at a bar in a nice restaurant and talk with the people around you. Like, again, it's just rubbing elbows with people, that human connection. I think those little getting out and doing those kind of things are so special and you feel, you feel a city, you know, you don't just uh, see it. Yeah. I think you really get, you know, when you find that right restaurant oh, yeah. that really defines a city, you feel many ways that you experienced it. I feel the same way with museums at times and things like that. But really when you find that right restaurant, you go like, okay, I understand what the city's about. Yeah. I mean, I was just in New York yep. for my first photo booth job of this this whole time and it was kind of surreal actually because I went to go to my spots which typically are uh, I usually will make a reservation at um, Peter Luger's yep and never go yeah uh, classic classic <laughs> you're the reason why they don't do reservations but go on yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then I do but I go to Joe's yeah Joe Shanghai which had moved and which was interesting i mean it have a new spot but then sitting in there not at a shared table sitting by myself yeah. was surreal but then going to lands lands yeah yeah and oh. just walking up to there it always looks closed anyways you know i know it almost looks closed but but walking. he's got to listen to the thwack of the noodles <laughs> exactly. like do you hear someone <laughs> yeah and we but and just walking up to a sign that said uh you know we're we're closing as of october 31st you know, they were only doing takeout. And I was there for 48 hours and I bought 60, <laughs> 60 yeah. pork dumplings and yeah. uh, left them in my friend's, ref- in his freezer for him, letting him know that they were there. But 
Yeah. A layaway. That, I, not his. It's no, for when you come back to New I, York. There's yeah. a chance I'm back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What's the rent on a New York freezer these days? Uh, I think it's two, two uh, yinglings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I, I think that's the toughest thing about seeing all these landscapes that have changed. Um, and the reason why I wanted to talk to you about your food on the road and things like that, because food has really been a big part of your life. Um, and as I mentioned, photography, as you mentioned, has also been a huge part of your life. And Tommy B has been doing photo, photo booths and things like that all over the country. Um, and so you had a successful business. And this is pre-pandemic. You know, we had no idea what was going to happen. Um, but a couple of years ago, you did start to think about doing a food side business. Yeah. Um, what made you start thinking about that? What made you start thinking about expanding beyond, you know, photo booths and getting into food, knowing how competitive and how tough it is to break in at times? Uh, for me, you know, well, getting into photography started with me working in television and working in television you're working 60, 80 hours a week, and uh, you know you don't have time to live, basically. And I lost my job in the writer's strike, actually. And it was the first mm. time you kind of, you have a second to breathe, you know? Where yeah. you, you realize that there is a world outside of this television show you work on. And so, for me, it was the first time that I had an extended period of just not working and just not sitting in an office. So I started taking photos at parties and then I realized that at a certain moment that I could make in four hours what I was making in a week of television. Yeah. So it became this balance of like, oh wait, I can have a life and still make the same amount of money and then I kept building on that. So if I, I've literally built my whole photo business on the idea of if I work one event that buys me a week of time. Mm. So, so what happened is this business, you know, exploded. My photo booth and photography business was was great, and it allowed me to do things I wanted: travel, you know, stay a couple extra days in these cities, and just literally just eat, yeah. right? Uh, eat, hang out with friends, um, but also just being around LA, you know to have that kind of schedule, do my work, a couple hours here, a couple hours there, go out to lunch, you know. Uh, and what happened with this was, it, it was kind of the same thing. Uh, it, the business was just consuming my life, but I started to realize that I needed to take time for myself. And in that time, what gave me joy was cooking, mm -hmm. having friends over for dinner, having friends giving, having uh, Super Bowl parties, you know, just mm. buying, you know. Friendsgiving. Uh, Friendsgiving. Yeah, I mean, just doing, doing, learning how to sous vide or, you know, uh, just going online, learning how to do different techniques. And um, at a certain point, you know, I've always loved breakfast sandwiches and that was my, mm -hmm. that was my idea, you know, to do basically a, a simple breakfast sandwich pop up. And it was because I had created the time, you know, I finally gave myself time to do something else other than photo booths and uh and I mean that's kind of where this led me to is where I I was so consumed and then the pandemic comes and suddenly I have all the time in the world again yeah which, which was I had a moment I was cooking like I always do just dinner one day and I just instead of thinking about who I had to respond to while I was you know making pasta I was thinking about what I could put with this pasta what would go great with these flavors instead of 
literally what you know do i have enough sandbags for a light stand there mm. you know uh and <laughs> it was it was a moment where I, that that was the same same exact thing that happened to me before and i'm like you know what i'm just gonna go for it now we're gonna get to covid and quarantine and and, and starting sorted shortly but i want to go back to the breakfast sandwich a little bit because you know uh i had quite a few test sandwiches you put a lot of research into it but you eventually wound up moving into what you do now which is the focaccias and the pizzas and things like that what you know was the ultimate decision to move away from the original idea because sometimes people will get locked into that and they'll be public about it which you were and they'll be like i'm doing this i'm doing this and then feel like they can't walk away um but sometimes the best thing for an idea is to be like yeah this isn't gonna work and uh if anyone's upset about it they can go screw yeah <laughs> yeah i you know it's i I definitely, I had that. I couldn't, I was, I wasn't letting go. I was so into it because, you know, I told you, for me, it was, it was about my favorite job that I've, that I've to date ever had. And that was working in and out. Yeah. It really, I, I thought about just their, their way of doing things. And I, I went, why not tramp? Like, why couldn't we just do that with breakfast sandwiches? Right. No nonsense. It was the best idea. And it really, yeah. but what happened, what I realized is, is that, just acting on your ideas and not just sitting back and like stewing and being a perfectionist. I, I realized how much of a perfectionist I was and that was almost debilitating in that like I was stewing over the name, like was this name right or was this name right? Like then I went over, I hired like two or three different people to do different logos. I was yeah. spending all this money developing sausage recipes, like I remember bread recipe. I wasn't stopped, but, but I was also just... I wasn't, there was no progress. I was still just making the same sandwich, which was great. And I had so much, it was a great sandwich, but like I, there was no progress and, and I couldn't understand why, like why I couldn't just take the leap. And I think, I I don't know. I still don't know. I, I, it was just, just felt right. Like to just, I don't think I've walked away even yet. I've just, no, I just, I don't know. It's it's hard to describe. I think, uh, sometimes ideas, uh, even when they get out of your head and you talk to the people about it, things like that, I think as you get older, especially when it's a business as well, oh, yeah. um, you start just going, okay, I've gone down not this road, but a similar road, and this doesn't make sense, and logistically, I can't really do it, um, and it's not as forgiving, you know, cooking eggs and cooking sausage and, and the breads and everything. It's There's a lot of components when you think about what seems like a tight little sandwich oh, yeah. is a lot. Um but then, you know, you didn't give up because you started getting into making bread and making pizza. Um, what pulled you into that world? Uh, and again, I will say this is pre-quarantine because as a uh, sourdough stereotype over here, <laughs> um, you know, you were at least ahead of the curve by, you know, a month, a couple months, a year of um, working with dough and things like that. I, well, my sister, my shout sister, out. Yeah. Shout out to Emily Bakehouse. Shout uh, out. Uh, they, you know, they, they, they've been doing. I mean, she's a pastry chef. Her husband is a is a baker. You know, they've been doing their thing and watching them has been amazing. But for me, it was. Uh, I'm not. I'm not exactly an easy person to buy uh, gifts for. Mm. Um, I'm kind of just when I see something, I typically will just buy it. And mm-hmm. that's that. Well, you've seen my garage. Or, yeah, I've seen your garage. Or, yeah, um, and the yard. And the yard. <laughs> yeah, and the porch. And the porch. Matter. Yeah. Um, uh, but. My my girlfriend Erin, she 
she she pulled a great snipe uh, snipe present on me. She definitely saw me just looking up pizza ovens one and like uh, surprised me. I mean, completely surprised me with a pizza oven, uni pizza oven, and uh, for Christmas. And it was one of those. I just I went out and I bought uh, Mark Vetri's mastering pizza, mm-hmm. and I bought um, Bianco's. Uh, Legends Like bought those two books And I basically I don't know I just threw myself into it And where Whereas I gave up on bread Because I, I just The patience it took Like having to Be committed to this For Week what, yeah, it, I mean it's a, a it's day a week. Like 12 hours yeah. Walking away Coming back in 6 hours Then coming back in 30 minutes Then coming back in 30 minutes It was just I just am not able to do that It's a lot It's too much for me yeah. <laughs> It's too much But there's something about the there's something about making pizza dough that just sucked me in like uh it was it was it taught me like a a form of patience that i didn't think Hmm. i had and it was it was kind of nice to just be present in this process and to make it and then know that it's there let it sit and know that i was going to come back but it was also it was also like committing to these processes because if i was going to tell you like hey i'm going to make pizza on saturday there was something for me that like the slowing down of because my life just never stops yeah. you know when you're doing events and you're running around and so for me it was like to know that I had to make time to make this dough on Thursday yep to have it on Saturday that just it slowed my life down for once and it was kind of nice uh, and then from there I mean you you actually you saw that I was doing it and you, you just sent me the, uh, the Anthony Falco, mm-hmm. the uh, master class yeah. in Napa Valley. And, and I mean, truth be told, I didn't really know who Anthony was. I just, and I like looked it up. I looked at the, the Evite and then I looked at who it was and I went, you know what? I love Roberta's level. So, you know, I just did it. I, you sent it to me and I feel like I sent you back like five minutes later. I just booked the ticket yeah. and I'm like, I'm going for it. And it was, and here we are. Here we are. Well, so we're going to take a quick break. Because we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the actual launch of Resorted, uh, how that tied into the complete stop of your photography business, and uh, how it's been uh, developing. A real home run. A real home run. <laughs> a business on the rise. <laughs> uh, here we go. We have a song from the archives on Snacky Tunes on HRN. <laughs> Thank you. 
Welcome back to Snacky Tunes. We're here with Tommy B of Lasorted. And so you have the pizza oven. You've learned from Anthony Falco. Shout out. <laughs> and you're doing pizzas. And, you know, this is still January, February of this year. Everything's fine. And then March hits and it's in quarantine. And your business, your photography business, is done overnight. Which happened to a lot of people. But what I realized with you is that it seemed like quarantine hit and we all took a breath. But then you got sorted the pizza and the sandwiches up and running really quickly. What went into that decision? How did you feel about your business that you poured years into being just hanging in the void? And how did you get sorted up and running? Uh, as, far as, as far as walking away from it, I, it was... It was just, it was that moment, like I said, I, I was sitting there and the way that I looked at what was happening, I, I truly felt to myself that while it seemed, it seemed like everything had ended, I just felt, I felt like there was no way, there was no way mm-hmm. that, you know, I was going to be expected to pay rent at my house. At that time, like you couldn't, like really, you're gonna tell me I have to stay in my house, Mm -hmm. you know, and they're just gonna kick me out of my. There's no way that this is gonna happen. Yeah, in America, right? This is what I'm going through. Well, depends what part of America you live. Oh, of course, no, but but this is what I was just thinking. Like, I know that it was everyone was freaked out, you know, Um, but I just kind of for a second thought, where is this? I'm just gonna keep moving. Like, I gotta just 
rather than feel sorry for myself or, you know, or my business that was gone, I just am going to like, what can I do now? And that's, I just decided to do it. And that it was just kind of no, no questions, just launch it, just go. Like, I don't know. And ask questions later, basically. Yeah. I mean, so the sorted started on your porch. You pretty much posted one Instagram <laughs> video announcing it, which is fantastic. And then it was, you know, just out there, which is always interesting when things are just out in the ether, especially now because you're just like, okay, well, my friends like it, but they're going to come buy a pizza. Who's going to come by? Um, What were those early weeks like and what were people's initial response? Uh, You know, I, I, the first post I did was on what was supposed to be opening day of Mm -hmm. of baseball. So can we just say go Dodgers? Yeah. Oh my God. Go Dodgers. They, They went. They went. They went. They um, went. Finally. Finally. Um, but we, you know, I just, I love making s- stupid videos for friends on my Instagram. And so that it was one of those just, you know, I think we all needed something to smile about, laugh about, and why not do this? So that that's when they, we started it. Then, you know, it was just kind of moving forward. I posted it that I'm going to sell pizzas. It, it was It was really, there was takeout and I was ordering, like, at first we weren't ordered, you know, I had stockpiled all these groceries. I mean, like I still have four I, military cases of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think a, a lot I think of us we all do. do. Yeah. <laughs> but you can justify it now with earthquakes. Oh, totally. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Um, but we, uh, it was, it was, um, I, I had a moment where I went to pick up cause I was out buying groceries. I was, it was, I really needed to get out of my house from time to time. And that was what I did was when I would go to the store but every, when I, I started to like trust going to restaurants, at first, there was a time when I was sitting at a restaurant picking up my food and I saw delivery drive, like not wearing gloves. Oh, yeah. And it was that was in the very beginning. And I'm like, OK, these guys that are delivering my food aren't even doing this. So I, I went and I'm pretty trustworthy. It was just like a my moment of really reeling it in. And so I, I thought that. I posted it to friends mainly, you know, it was mainly just to get to friends and let friends know that I'm staying in my house. I'm being extremely safe. Uh, Maybe if you want to get out of your house and just come to someone you trust, you know, come on over and I'm making pizzas fresh out of a, you know, 800 degree oven right into your hands. You know what I mean? Uh, And that's, that was where it started. And I just kept, you know, let's do it Fridays and it was 30 pizzas. And then it was the next weekend, it was 35. Then it was 40. Then we, I did a thing with Travis. Then, yeah. then it became about doing stuff for other people. Where, and for the industry and yeah. things like that. So like if I could do little things here and there along the way for people, you know, in a safe environment, that, that was important to me. Yeah. I mean, you know, I remember we hadn't really left the house and going to get pizza for the first time and seeing you and seeing... Aaron and just being like oh my god I didn't realize how much I missed um, seeing friends but also getting food from someone else and every Friday became a very great thing to look forward to when you're like okay you're cooking and then you added the charity element and it it built really quickly because I think that the intention was true yeah Um, you know you saw a lot of businesses that started during that time that have now collapsed actually mm-hmm. like there's a bunch of pandemic stuff that was up and then it was had charity and then it was down um 
how have you stayed consistent? You know, there has been some setbacks. I know that you had that space that was a bit of a boondoggle. I know that you've had some people who have like got you to do stuff and it hasn't gone as well. Um, how have you kept going? I just, you know, this, this is, and, and you know, I, I think that throughout doing my other doing photography, you know, I, I love it. I love telling stories. Yeah. Um, and I think for, for me, my biggest story, uh, a big storyteller for me is, is through my food. And it's, it's an extension of me that, that I've always connected with, but I've never had the time or resources to, to, you know, explore this space. And right now, like I have, I just have the time and, and aside from the time, it's like, I, I just, it just feels like what I'm supposed to do, you know? Did you have a moment, you know, was there an interaction with someone or a friend or even someone you met where you go, this is validation and the moment I'll, I'll, you know, drag from when I'm making dough at one in the morning or two in the morning. Every, well, that was the thing was, it was those first, like I, I really, I get the chills still thinking about um, those, those first couple of months of people coming and I, I could just tell, you know, I could tell when I, someone, this was the first time somebody had been out of their house. Cause mm. I think a lot of, well, not a lot of us, I mean, but for me or people who were out there shopping or, you know, you become numb to this idea that there was a lot of people who weren't leaving their homes and still, still like still truly, actually there was some just on Saturday. I, when I was doing pieces at Bar Bandini, like this couple came up and they were standing like eight feet away from the table where we were taking their order. And they were like, you know, we've heard about your pizza. And this is actually our first, like first time out of the house in like three months because they, I don't know, they didn't, we didn't get into what had happened, but people, a lot of people were still not comfortable with being out of their homes. And, and rightfully so. I was, oh, totally. I mean, there's a lot of people who are moving on like, it's over, which is, you know, obviously absurd. You yeah. Know? Uh, but it's those moments where I, I can still, you look, you look in someone's eyes, you can see so much, you know, and watching these people, you can feel there's a moment they get lost in the moment where they can't believe they're sitting with somebody actually talking face to face and you see them. It's not, they don't, they literally forget where they are. They forget what it feels like to be in this moment. And for me, it, it's still, it's still what, what pushed me through a lot of this, you know? Um, and I have to say the support of, the support of all my friends. Like I look, I look at the orders, you know, I look at the people who come and there's friends who come every week. You guys come, you know, you guys come almost every week, almost. almost. No, so sorry for, for, uh. <laughs> Having a kid and things like oh, that. Oh, no, no, totally, totally. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, but I'll talk to Josephine. About, you could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I'll write her a note. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, but no, we, we, uh, it, it was, that was a fun part also, though, is like, you know, friends. Yeah. Friends. I love that. Friends coming, but then friends, friends telling their friends to come and then them getting to, I, I mean, I, I pour my heart out to anybody I meet, really, you know, like I give, I just I give all of myself in everything. I try to, you yeah. know, like especially if it's if it's a friend of a friend, or it just keeps ex expanding. But I, you know, it's it's uh, it's been that that it's just the people really that that keep me going. Yeah. So you've been at Bar Bandini, and you did um, 
what will probably go down as a legendary pop-up at the friend because it just so happened to be the day that <laughs> the presidential election was called for Biden. Oh, yeah. But you do have some pop-ups coming up at the friend, uh, which I want to talk about. But also, as we mentioned at the top of the show, totally. uh, it's, it's so unclear what the future is, right? Of what's going to be open, what's going to be allowed for. So... Um, I'd love for you to talk to a little bit about what you have going on coming up and then also how do you plan for, you know, this, this disease and the situation that's devastating the restaurant industry? I mean, I, you know, so yeah, well, first off, I am, we're starting, well, we were slated to do, <laughs> yeah, so it's not even how to say it. So we were slated to do every Saturday yeah. at the Friend in December, um, which, you know, Mike B, I'm working with Mike B, who's legend. Who shout I, out, yeah, done a, a hundred parties with, yeah. you know. Uh, so that it really was that was a special, special night. Um, so that was gonna we were looking forward to that. So I I don't know where it's gonna go, and I think that's what everybody's. You can prepare and do whatever you want, but really it can all change in in you know in a moment. So that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to like do today you know we have Ooh. this thing on saturday we're doing a, the thanksgiving pop-up yeah and i was just like you know i made them all this planning going into it to pop up a full turkey fry situation and it's like can we even do this anymore you know mm. like the past few days have been figuring out if we're even allowed to do it um i'm getting my truck you know i i got yeah. my truck and my oven comes next week so I'll have that. I could be kind of mobile and I don't know, maybe I end up on my porch again. I, you know, I'm just going to keep going. You just keep, keep moving. Yeah. I mean, it's tough to ask for guidance and for leadership from a guy who goes to eat at the French laundry and tells everyone that they got to stay home. It's like really tough to get that sort of guidance. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's one foot in front of the other. I think that's probably what I hear the most from everybody, but I don't think people actually want that. I think people in the restaurant industry or people who are doing food business actually want a clear set of rules. Oh, 100%. Just be like, just give us the box we need to live in, make it consistent, say it's three months, six months, and then we will just adjust. And that's been one of the greatest things. One of the things that you have done and what I've seen in a lot of people is problem solving. Totally. I mean, that's what it is. Um, and then at the end result, uh, you get to have a business and like that, and then you get to bring joy to people. Totally. So, you know, we're heading into winter. We're going to be in this, this thing for at least another, I, I don't know, six, six months, months, eight six months. months. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, what's the plan? What are you going to do? What do you want to do, do the rest of the time? Like, what's ideal for you to walk out of quarantine? And look, I, I don't say that you have to do anything more. I think you've done a great job. But, like, what personally would you like to do um, in the next six to eight months? And then let's say we get the vaccine. What does the sort of look like after quarantine? Well, I, I mean, all I can do is roll with it at this point. You know, I can make all the plans I want. Um, you know, my I, I I got this space. I got this space originally, you know, and I was like, I can't believe it. I'm just going to fall into this space right now. Yeah. You know, um, and it ended up like it ended up being this blessing in disguise of like reminding me that. And I, I don't, I don't, I say this, I don't say this lately, like me being able to be mobile and not having committed to a That's space, space yeah. you know, like it's unfortunate what's happening to a lot of friends places. It's, yeah. it's, it's horrible. It's, and people are losing their jobs and, um, 
you know, it is a lot of these pop-ups that have these pandemic pop-ups, you know, you, I think you're at this weird advantage of kind of growing in the pandemic. Whereas you know, maybe I, maybe instead of like having a nice dining room, I'm just going to have a window yeah. if I got a space or maybe I don't want to just jump into a space. Maybe I just invest in a truck or something like that, you know? Um, so I'm just, I'm growing every step of the way with everybody and everything going along with it. You know, it's trying not to get ahead of myself because when I did get ahead of myself, it, it completely bit me in the, it's tough. It's tough. It is. So then maybe we'll leave the after pandemic questions for like down the road. You know what? I, 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 I don't, I want to have a place ideally Lasorda's is that place maybe somewhere around Dodger Stadium you know that you just know that you're gonna go in it's not it's not trendy you know it's not the cool place to be but it's just come on don't sell yourself short it's 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 a it's it's an LA staple you know it's it's gonna be something that's there forever Tommy B behind the bar right <laughs> yeah telling stories telling stories telling stories telling stories of course, yeah man and uh, real quick what will be the thread count of the sheets in the bathroom <laughs> oh uh Egyptian okay. cotton level? Yeah, I was going to say minimum Egyptian 1400. Is that what that do? Yeah, yeah, that'll do. Yeah. Um, so, Tommy, thank you so much. <laughs> if people want to follow along with the pizza, the focaccias, the different pop-ups you're doing, uh, place orders, where can they go? Everything's pretty much through our Instagram, Lasorted, at Lasorted. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, buddy. Yeah, this is great. We have another song from the archives and then a classic performance on Snacky Tunes here on HRN. Share stories of the wildlife road. 
Market is a food lover's paradise with over 30 unique vendors selling everything from one-of-a-kind spices to daily grocery staples and even scratch-made prepared foods. At HRN, we believe that buying from local purveyors is one of the best ways to support an equitable food system. That's why this holiday season we'll be shopping from the vendors at Essex Market. Not only are their offerings fresh and delicious, they're also affordable and sold by a community of passionate small business owners. This connection is what has made Essex Market a stalwart in New York City's food landscape for the last 80 years. Now located in a brand new building, Essex Market continues to be one of the most unique food experiences in New York. At Essex Market, you'll find Lower East Side locals shopping for plantains and avocados alongside visitors browsing freshly baked bread and locally produced cheeses. If this gets you hungry, order from one of the market's many prepared food vendors, serving up dishes from Peru, Thailand, Morocco, and beyond. Learn more and shop online for local same and next day delivery at EssexMarket.nyc. Welcome back to Snacky Tunes. We have Honus Honus live in studio. Could we call you Ryan? Yeah, please. Okay, Ryan. Hey, Ryan. Hi, hi, thank you. And, Thanks uh, for joining us. Yeah. yeah quick shout it. out to uh, my lovely wife and your old roommate, Anna, for giving us this wonderful idea to bring you in. She's an angel. A very tall angel. She's she's my angel. <laughs> yes. She's mine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Anyway, so um, welcome. So happy to have you here. Um, so most of us know you from uh, the Man Man days. Yes. Um, how did that get started? How did uh, that project come to fruition? Poor life decisions. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Ryan. That's yeah, 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 yeah. Thanks. Um, so poor life decisions. Yeah, I, I was gonna move to Los Angeles after I went to school for like playwriting and screenwriting, and I was gonna move to LA after like a year. And then just on a lark, I started a band just for fun. You and, were in Philly, right? In Philly, yeah. Shout out. Shout, Shout out, out to Philly. Shouts your Sixers, 76ers. Oh, yeah. Joel Embiid. I trust the process. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so on a you started a band? Oh, yeah. And then it just kind of took over. And then suddenly I was a guy in a band writing and singing songs. And not, uh, not what I planned. How did that, how did it go from like a lark, can we say? Yeah. A, a, whim, a, a whimsy, fancy of passing 
to something? Like, when did it click to be like, oh, shit, this is real? Uh, it was that stupid, like, foolhardiness of being young. Okay. Where I, I only wanted to make one record and then get on with my life. I was like, oh, this will be cool. I'll make a record. And then, like, years later, like, oh, I made a record when I was younger. Yeah. And then, hey, yeah. hey, kids, your dad, yeah. your, your dad was cool, man. Yeah. And then uh, my entire <laughs> band quit on me between the first, after the first record. So then I was like, you know what? I'm going to show those guys and keep doing it and make another record. Spite and, is a powerful yeah. motivator. Yeah. Powerful. It, 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 spite, revenge. Like, yeah. And it, here I am. <laughs> I mean, the second record was called Fuck You Guys, right? Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Um, but honestly, when did it all click? Like, when did you, like, because, I mean, you guys were on the road. You guys played. Oh, we toured like crazy. I mean, you, you guys know. were, and you guys were known for your, like, rowdy, fun, crazy shows. I definitely did see you play the keeper with your butt at a couple of times. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I actually you can't, I don't, right here, I have a permanent welt. From all the times that I pretended to hit my head on the keyboard, then but actually did. Yeah. It's like my Wesley Willis welt. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or it's my brain pushing out and I'm like <laughs> slowly dying. Be like, dude, you have got to stop hitting me. Yeah, it's like, it's why you're an insomniac. It's because this part of your head is like totally screwed. Um, so did Man Man get you out to L.A.? Is that what brought you out here? Uh, you know, I, I kept telling myself that I would move out here and so... You know, I lived out of a duffel bag basically for seven years. Mm. And I would sublet in L.A., and then my rash, I was going to, ra- I rationalized that once I was successful enough, I would just move out here and have a bi-coastal band. And then I realized that was never going to happen. Yeah. So I just, uh, you know, your, your, your wonderful wife kind of helped me get God out of here. Bless that. Angel. Yeah, yeah. And she, she, uh, you know, when I lived with, when I lived in that house with her, she was like, I have this spare bedroom and there's a couch and you can get a bed in here. I was like, I'm going to live on a couch for a year Yeah. and see, uh, see if I can live anywhere for a year. Is it technically living on a couch if that's your bed and it's a permanent home? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> it was so uncomfortable. <laughs> Very the, yeah, the, yeah. the lumps of life. Oh yeah, yeah. Life. Um, so Man Man had its run, right? It's still Man Man's still a band until I want to not do it. So I'm I'm working on a. When another... does a band? I guess that's a good question. When does a band stop being a band when it's just you? When there's no Coachella offer in the future? Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. I guess it's what if you just have a press release? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, you got like, a bio already. Like I'm done with this. Yeah, yeah. But it, it was weird putting out a quote solo record because. All the songs I wrote anyway just went into Man Man. I just wanted yeah. to see if I branded it something different, maybe different people would get on board. Did they? Uh, no. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. That was that. Okay. So, I, I don't know if the next record will be a Man Man record or Honus Honus or whatever. But, I mean, it's going to be all right. Yeah. So Why don't we hear a song? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. What are you going to play for us first? This is a song for Kong. Song for Kong. Shout to Kong. Uh, and it's called Vampires in the Valley. It's a shorty. (laughs) Okay. And so this is all stripped down on this tiny keyboard. (laughs) No, it's great. All right, well, here we go. Uh, Honus Honus Live. Yeah. Please. 
vampires, palm trees and bungalows, ginormous boo monsters in drop top convertibles. I wish that I could do something to ground him, the king of everything that once was, but now is gone. I only see him. warnings telling me his day will come telling me his break will come telling me the rain will come and wash his dreams upstream So besides yeah. uh, branding it a different project, was the songwriting approach or the context of the songs any different from the Man Man songs? Um, you know, I, I, I've been living out here for a while and I've always, and I, I love L.A. You know, I love Philly too because Philly's a really strange city. I mean, you, if you yeah. live there, you have to love it. I mean, I drank the water for so long that water. <laughs> it definitely affected no, no, my DNA. You drank, you drank the water. The water. I drank the water for so long. Uh, that it definitely affected my my genetics. Like I probably can't have a normal kid. What does that mean again. for us, man? We grew up there. God, you're, it's I'm gonna so... come out looking like a soft pretzel. And yeah, you're just gonna hope that Jaeger, that Jaeger blood is strong. <laughs> She's from that area I know. too. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh. Um, um, but yeah. Um, and I, so I just wanted. I just you know wherever I live is what affects the songs I write. I mean, and so I've been out here, and I, I love how weird LA is. You know? The album's very much an L.A. album. It's like a it's, it's a love letter to the city, and it, to and to like the the stuff that I feel like when most people think of L.A., they've never been here. They just think of Hollywood and red carpets and all that jazz. And, and that's Venice I mean Beach. that's not where I live. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, you know, being East Coasters growing up and spending the majority of my time on the East Coast, like what I thought about L.A. is completely different than what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with you. And no one should move here. <laughs> really? Well, no one else. I mean, we're here. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you don't yeah, want to yeah. ruin this place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so in writing a, you know, uh, a love letter album to a city, how do you make it, you know, original and personal, yet something that is like anyone who lives here can sort of relate to your songs? Uh, you know, that's that's the struggle of writing songs. But I... Uh, <laughs> I, I never want to write a song that someone can't find themselves in, you know, like I, that's, I always struggle with that. I want, it has to be objective. So every song is like storytelling. I bury parts of myself in there mm. and then it's, it's just imagery. You know, I'm like a failed screenwriter. So I, I pour it into like three minute songs. No, look, failed screenwriters are just screenwriters who haven't found success yet. Yeah. Well, thank you. You know, bless you. you. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you hear about all the, People who like had the script in the drawer for like twelve years, and yeah. then they're like, boom, they're like Mad Men. 
Boob, Grownuts 4. <laughs> I made it! I made it. Yeah, I'm doing rewrites on the next Garfield movie. It's, yeah. pretty, it's pretty cool. Like, I skipped three, I just guessed where four was going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, They're in Paris! Yeah. Oh, man. Garfield, Garfield the Louvre, hilarious. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, whenever I write a song, I, I just you know I, I really focused on like it being a movie in its own right. Um, you want to rip another tune? Yeah, I'm gonna play a song that I have never really played live before. It's on the record, but we haven't played it live. What's it and called? It, it's called Melted Dice, and it was a uh, it was my version of a love song for a girl. Okay, but it probably won't sound like that. All right, song wrote for my ex. There's a light in your eyes Inherent vice that gets my skin Quivering like a baby Taking a breath of this cold world in Which can be over and underwhelming Unforgiving Existential like the shroud of Torin Whatever fire fuse you within Oh, I hope it consumes me before it ends Like driving on the ten west It's a way you can commandeer a room Like a sensual caress Can teach a dolphin English Or maybe it's something more pedestrian And I'm blind to it Melted dice every time you roll into view. You make all the years behind us disappear like melting ice every time you roll into view. I am yours and you are mine. I'm born an accidental tourist with a Demagnetized moral compass Easy prey for dark-haired gypsies You dazzle me with physics Wallow me with rain sticks Will you be my umbrella? Underwhelm me, all-consuming Existential to the point of bruising Whatever fire fuels us within Oh, I hope it consumes me before it ends time you roll into view You make all the years behind us disappear like melting ice Every time you roll into view I am yours And you are mine And if I'm questioned under duress Tortured and manacled, I won't confess How many licks it takes me to get to the center of your affection Feed me to feral dogs in the street With me with chains and concrete my feet Throw me a tea and I'll smile as I sink I'll never betray who you are There's a light in your eyes it penetrates and shines right inside me To see not who I am right now But the man who I've always struggled to be Which can be over and underwhelming 
all-consuming, existential to the point of boredom. Whatever fire fuels you within, oh, I hope it consumes me before it ends, like driving on the ten west. Oh, God damn. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome song. Hate the 10. Oh, yeah. The 10 is the worst. 10 is the worst. Last night, I, I was... This is the most LA thing I'm going to say, but I took surface streets to avoid the 10 West. I do that all the time. Whenever I'm in Culver City and I have to make my way back to the east side, it's three hours. <laughs> three hours. Yeah. Um, so in addition to Honus Honus, you also have a, another project called Mr. Havenly. Heavenly. Mr. Heavenly, yeah. Mr. Heavenly. Yeah. Um, how did that come about? And who rips on bass for you? Um, sometimes Michael Sarah. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I'm friends. A good friend of mine is Nick Thorburn from, he was in the Unicorns, he has yeah. band Islands. And we've been friends. I put out my first Man Man record, I think when you put out the Unicorns record. So God bless we, the Unicorn. Um, and so we'd always talked about being in a band together because I thought our voices would complement each other because he's got the high, I've got the low. Yeah. And we finally did it. Uh, we put out a record on Sub Pop long time six years ago and then it's taken us this long to do another record wow and I, I've been wanting to make music with my buddy Joe who plays drums and it just seemed natural to fold all three of us into it so is that going to get a tour as well um yeah hopefully in the fall we just we're almost done recording the follow up record six years later <laughs> but I feel like that is sort of our schedules are crazy so yeah just... but I feel like with the music industry today I feel like that is totally standard now where yeah. like you come together for a project and then you go away and then you come back and do another project and like people are just down yeah I mean as, as much as I'd like to just tour nonstop like I did for 15 years like economically it just doesn't make sense anymore unless sure. I want to live out of a storage unit like I did forever yeah like it's nice cool. having a bed you know oh upgrade I, yeah couch. upgrade yeah okay yeah do you ever think that you could take all three projects on the road at the same time Opener, middle, closing. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I wouldn't be able to talk. <laughs> uh, no, absolutely not ever. It's that's hell. But when, but when, uh, when I do tour, when I tour with Honus Honus, I play Man Man and Mr. Evelyn songs. Yeah. So yeah, in, that, in a so, way. So yeah, in a um, way, it's just not broken up. Yeah, yeah. But you could get the three paychecks. But but a night. Yeah, they all. You know, in this day and age, they all be they're like one paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> But you could do, like, one special theater show where you did all... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One night only. Yeah. I'm a total masochist. (laughs) Uh, So what do you have coming up? So you have the Mr. Heavenly Heavenly record. Yeah, I'm working on another... uh, If it's Honus, Honus, or Man Man, it's kind of the same thing. I'm working on another record. Awesome. Uh, I have to give a shout-out to my buddy Cyrus, who, like, he produced the Honus, Honus record. Shout-out to Cyrus. And he's he's the man. He's your ride or die. Yeah, it's like I wouldn't have made the record unless he, like, basically forced me to make the record. And so he's 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 my dude. Isn't it awesome when people are just like, dude, you have to go do this. Yeah, and he's like, what was his uh, motivational? Did he have a speech or or just harass you? Just kick me, harass me, like, yeah, it was it, it was it was a great foil to have. Uh, Would he just say Bill Paxton's speech from Independence Day? <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was like the Braveheart thing, but dressed as Bill Paxton. Oh uh, yeah, it's great. It's yeah. great. It's awesome. 
Um, well, listen, we want to make sure we have enough time for one more song. Oh, yeah. But where can people find you online? Where can people get the album? HonusHonus.com. You can get it, uh, you know, you can get it online. You can get iTunes, Amazon. It, it's on the streaming services if you don't want me to, like, ever make any money. No, no, dude, you get a couple uh, pennies. Couple shekels. You get like, yeah, you, yeah, we won't, yeah. <laughs> uh, we don't have enough time to talk about. Yeah, yeah, but it's at independent music stores, and if they don't have it, they can always order it. Yeah. So it's got distribution. Awesome. Uh, well, and th- this this song I'm gonna play for you guys. Uh, I directed a music video for it that's gonna come out soon. Awesome. Yeah. What, what's the name of the song? Uh, will you? Ooh, yes, oh. I will. Um, oh. I just want to say a special shout out. Thank you to Cameron. Cameron. For, for letting us use the studio. First LA episode. Shout out to Kong. To Anna, to the Hatchet Hall guys, to, to Meatball, Greg, and to, Greg, to Darren, um, and to Pinterest boards everywhere. Oh yeah, and to Tom and Emma. Tom and Emma, congratulations for hey, putting me in this state. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Do you, have a, do you have a Pinterest board? Do you have any Pinterest boards? I think I'm going to start one now. It, is this pod, is this podcast brought to you by Pinterest? It should be. I mean, I mean, if there's ever a case, yeah. I, as a man who's done Pinterest boards, they are awesome. Yeah. I well, I I want to give a shout out to to Joel Embiid for uh, bringing the heart of basketball back to Philadelphia oh, yeah. after all of these years. I love you, Joel. We almost we were debating calling the Mister Heavenly Record Embiid. Like seriously, no bullshit. <laughs> That's how much you love him. That's how much we love him. Respect the process. Yeah, man. Respect trust it. Well, trust thanks it. for thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week with another episode of Snacky Tunes. Yeah, Ryan. Yeah, here's a song called "Will You." Powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? 
rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.